Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's. First of all, before I get to telling you all about Zaxby's, I am joined by Ryan Aber and Abby Bitterman, our OU football beat writers. And that's why I pause because I'm going to let you guys <laughs> tell them all about Zaxby's because the podcast, the Cowboy Chronicles, is always sponsored by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Y'all are so much better at that than I am. It's, <laughs> it's, not, even, uh, it's, it's not even funny. Um, but I do want to thank you guys not only for, uh, for reading the ad that I usually mess up in some way. Um, we do appreciate our, our sponsor Zaxby's. But thank you guys for joining us and uh, or, or me in this uh, in this instance and uh, talking a little bedlam football um, I want to get thoughts from uh, from both of you guys I want to start with uh, with Jalen Hurts because that was the uh, the most fascinating thing that came out of Mike Gunny's press conference on Monday uh, you could tell he was ready he was just waiting for it to come <laughs> up because as soon as as Jalen Hurts name was mentioned and we were a good five to ten minutes into his, his press conference he reaches into his back pocket pulls out a little piece of paper that he had written some numbers on and his his tone of voice changed, and everything. It was he had just been waiting for this opportunity. Starts just reading off numbers as a uh, as a pop quiz for the media, and uh, reading off what ended up being uh, average uh, rushing totals, uh, or attempts, carries, yeah, average rushing uh, carries per game for uh, or, or per season by. Yeah. Wishbone quarterbacks: Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and uh, and you know in, Steve great, Davis, Charles Thompson, yeah, every, any great uh, uh, Jamal quarterback Holloway. that ran the ball. Yeah, and he said he stayed up till like two thirty working on that or something. Uh, he was just yeah. up at two thirty, okay. I think, and just at, decided. Okay. decided okay. To I was about to say if he stayed up till two thirty, we need to teach him about sports reference and yes, how to exactly. find that stuff really quickly. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's that was the most amusing thing to me is that it's it's less than a week away from bedlam it's 2 30 in the morning and he's researching steve davis rushing numbers <laughs> uh, it's uh, it was fascinating but to the point jalen hurts is running what mike gundy calls the uh, uh, spread version of the uh, the triple option um your your thoughts on what this offense with jalen hurts really kind of kind of looks like for oklahoma state fans that haven't been paying a ton of attention well, I mean, it, it, you know, Mike Gundy's right in a lot of ways because the, virtually all of their running game is is RPO type stuff that is all based on the reads. They do a lot of read option things with uh, Jalen Hurts and Kennedy Brooks. So yeah, pretty much every play is an option in some way, shape, or form. Whether that's Jalen Hurts uh, tucking it down or or finding guys like Ceedee Lamb and, and Charleston Rambo down the field. Or uh, whether he keeps it or hands it to Kennedy Brooks or, or Ramondre Stevenson, so it's obviously a lot different because its origins start in the How Mummy Mike Leach uh, air raid right. that sort of evolved into this. Um, but a lot of the same principles are there, and it was an interesting way to hear it described. Uh, you know, from a guy who's seen a lot of uh, really good Oklahoma offenses on the other side. Abby, to, to you, what makes Jalen Hurts effective as a runner? I think just, you know, a lot of quarterbacks will and they're, they'll get as far as they need to go and then like slide or something so they don't get hurt. Or, um, you know, he's really like committed to the run and he'll run as far as he can and as hard as he can. And he kind of just, he puts his head down and, you know, you'd think he could be a running back. And I think, uh, 
Ryan Aber asked him once if he ever did play running back, and he said no, which I was kind of surprised because he looked he bit, looked yeah. he looked really comfortable in it. And so I think that something that makes him such an effective runner is just that he's comfortable doing that. Jalen had a uh, a strong take on cheese fries, from oh, my yeah. uh, my understanding <laughs> as well. Oh gosh, our good friend Garen Emick from the Tulsa <laughs> World was. Trying to ask him, have you ever been to Stillwater? Have you ever, you know, done some of these things? And he asked him, you know, if he knew what Eskimo Joe's is and, and Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. Sort of had a quizzical look on his face and said, i got no clue what you're talking about. It was sort of a fun moment. I think some people might have taken it the wrong way on Twitter. Uh, last night especially, we're talking here on, on Tuesday uh, afternoon, but you know Jalen Hurts is who he is, and I think he's actually starting to show a little bit more humanity. Yeah, uh, to us at least over these last couple weeks, he sort of has been so robotic in the way he goes about things, which obviously has carried him well uh, throughout his career. But you're starting to see him loosen up a little bit more every time, and it's it's sort of refreshing. But uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts has never been to Eskimo Joe's. He's never ordered cheese fries. And, uh, yeah, he'll make his first visit this weekend <laughs> I'm, to, to Stillwater. <laughs> I, he's going to Eskimo I can't Joe's. imagine he's going to make a stop at Eskimo Joe's. I'm going to be completely honest, though. I don't really like cheese fries either. I like cheese. I like fries. But you put the cheese on the on the fries, and I feel like it, they just get kind of soggy. Eh, I like it when it's they bring it out hot. The cheese is still nice and, you know... Yeah, you get a good uh, string. You get a good yeah. string when you pull the yeah. fry up, right? Yeah, and the and the cheese still has some heat to it. Yeah, um, I don't mind that at all. But once they sit there for a little bit, yeah. it's That's not no pretty. good. Yeah, no, no it, it it doesn't work as a, as an appetizer when you're all just sitting around just uh, visiting and grabbing one every now and then. It's, yeah, it's got to be something that is you consumed really dig quickly. Into it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, what would be the ultimate uh, Stillwater slash Norman like combo meal? I mean, it would have to be a, a plate of cheese fries with a squirrel to to uh, drown it down. That, with, that, right? I think, that yeah, I think idea. that's it. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Do you have to put it in an Eskimo Joe's cup? So you I don't get know, the, do you get to take take the cup home? That's a good question. Gosh, if you could take swirl cups home, that'd be <laughs> be dangerous. Yeah, the Eskimo Joe's cup with that little like uh, with the stick. Yeah, with the little stick that right. looks like a palm tree that says right. the Mont. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's uh, that is that's the the ultimate combo right there. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Well, uh, back to football. How about that? Um, uh, we talk uh, football on this podcast, right? Yeah, every now and then we do. What um, does that have to do with cheese fries? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another guy that I think Oklahoma State is is genuinely terrified of this week is Ceedee Lamb because of particularly what he does in space, but just what he does in general. Um, me being a guy that is sort of an outsider and I don't, I don't get the chance to watch every Oklahoma game because sometimes they're playing the same time as Oklahoma state. Um, I've seen some things in his highlights this year or when I am, am watching that I didn't necessarily notice that last year. And maybe it was because Hollywood Brown was stealing some of the thunder. I don't know, but, uh, but what has, am I, has there been some, uh, some progress made in his game this year oh there's no doubt about it i mean you just look at the the ability after the catch mm-hmm. is the biggest thing and and cd lamb had been so good at catching balls in traffic especially over the middle um 
but he wasn't that field-stretching guy that Marquise Brown was. And he talked in the offseason, and Lincoln Riley talked about it uh, as late as uh, uh, Big 12 Media Day, that CeeDee Lamb has to make a big step forward in, in catching the ball and what he does between the time that he catches it and the time he either finds the end zone or is brought down. And this year, so much more than last year, it's him finding the end zone because he's escaped from two, three, four. Heck, at, at Texas, we saw him get away from five defenders that were all in the shot of the TV when he made that catch. And he's done that pretty well week after week. Last week, you know, he missed a couple games ago. Uh, last week, uh, didn't really play a big role there because uh, TCU threw, threw two defenders at him a lot of the time. And w- the problem is when you throw two defenders at him, that opens up more room for Charleston Rambo. It opens up more room for Oklahoma's running game with Jalen Hurts and Kennedy Brooks. And the other night it was Kennedy Brooks and Jalen Hurts who just carried them on the ground the most yards that the that anybody has ever had against a Gary Patterson coach TCU Horn Frogs, and uh, you know that's what makes this Oklahoma offense so good. Is when you take one thing away, generally another hole is going to open up somewhere mm-hmm. else. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with uh, the last question here on the offense before we take a break. I want each of you to give me the name of someone other than Jalen or C.D. Lamb who Oklahoma State fans need to be worried about or could could be a big-time impact player in this uh, in this game. Hmm. That's a good question. Or would you rather me go first? No, I think I got one. I think that I would. I think that I would say uh, Kennedy Brooks because he can he can have a big impact in the running game, and um, you know, Jalen has had has had some issues lately fumbling the ball. Some maybe putting it lightly, <laughs> um, but Kennedy Brooks is. I mean, he has great ball security, a really good runner, and someone that OU has been able to turn to a, a good number of times. Yeah, you know, I would probably go with, for this game, a guy like Jeremiah Hall. I think you talk about what Mike Gundy said about Jalen Hurts and this Oklahoma offense, and I think if you give a lot of attention to try and slowing down Jalen Hurts in the run game, it's got to open up some somewhere else. And obviously CeeDee Lamb is the first thing you think of, but we, we won't bring him up. But uh, Jeremiah Hall in checkdown situations and, hey, we got to get the ball out quick, I think he could be a guy at there at that tight end slash H-back role mm-hmm. that uh, you could see him playing a pretty significant role on Saturday. I said that was going to be the last question on the offense, but I want to know what what is the uh, the impact of the loss of Grant Calcaterra been for this offense? Well, you know, that position had been largely – uh, I don't want to say dormant, but mm-hmm. you know they hadn't used it. Even when Calcaterra was healthy a lot uh, early in the really? year, they didn't throw the ball to him a whole lot. They've done it a little bit more with Lee Morris. Of course, Lee Morris is much more traditional receiver than a, a tight end guy, but I think Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball, and this is one of the reasons why I picked uh, Jeremiah Hall a little bit earlier, Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball really took away chances for the for that spot because uh, with Baker Mayfield and, and Kyler, Kyler Murray that position was the safety valve and it was always just dump it across to the tight end and he was going to be able to go make a play and Grant Calcaterra was fantastic about that but they just didn't need him to do that much this year so it's clearly a big loss for a lot of reasons not the least of which is his leadership ability but uh 
you know, on the field wise, that wasn't a massive spot of productions for this offense. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. Come back and talk some uh, some defense on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Once again, I am Scott Wright, joined by Ryan Aber and Abby Bitterman, our OU football beat writers. Let's talk some uh, some Oklahoma defense, which is obviously uh, a popular topic on a, a variety of levels. Um, either one of you or both of you jump in here, uh, because just for for Oklahoma State fans who haven't been uh, haven't been paying a lot of close attention and maybe just heard the talk, what's what's the biggest thing that uh, that that Alex Grinch has has brought to this to this defense? I think I think he's brought some more fight to them, some more some more energy. Um, you know, these, these guys very often, even if OU is down or if the game has, if like TCU has kind of started to gain, well, I'm specifically thinking in my mind of the TCU game, but, or if the other team has started to gain some momentum, um, you know, these guys are on the sideline sidelines, like jumping around and like dancing and trying to hype themselves up. And, you know, I'd seen them do that before in previous years, but it just feels like this, this year they have some more confidence in themselves and some more belief that, that, you know, even though they've struggled at times that they can get it done. Yeah. I think to me, it's simplicity that, you know, so many times during the Mike Stoops era, you'd see this team scrambling around right before the snap, not sure Mm -hmm. where to be, not in the right position and then have to burn defensive timeouts early in games or early in halves or just flat be out of position and get burned you haven't seen that with this defense. And I think a lot of that is because the the one gap look that Alex Grinch uses up front where everything's straightforward, it's just, you know, uh, control that gap and go in and make a play or force uh, ball carriers to the outside. And then in, in the back end, it's just reading your keys. It's, it's very simple. There's nothing really elaborate about it, but it's allowed them to play at such a better speed defensively than they have the last couple of years. So it's allowed players who have been burned a lot, guys like Parnell Motley, who had been so up and down in his career, you know, some of the other ones, it's allowed them to shine at times. And I, I think you saw an example of that at the end of the game on Saturday with uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles making that pick. Yes, it was a slow throw there by Max Dugan, but uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles made the right read, made the right play, did it decisively, and that's why he came up with that interception. Yeah, his break on the ball. Um, you know, I was sitting in my in my ho- hotel room in in Pittsburgh, needing to go to sleep because my flight left like four hours <laughs> later. Uh, but I was watching that game, and and his break on that ball was uh, was really impressive because half a second before the ball's released, it looks like he's out of position, right? And then all of a sudden, boom, he's right there and and comes down with the pick. Yeah, and just a, a massive play there, obviously. But yet another example, I think, of the the improvement that this defense has made for so long this season, really since uh, late September. Those plays had been sort of almost that the ball had bounced away, and we've seen it with Parnell Motley a couple times and, and Trey Brown and, and Delarian Turner yelling on and on and on. But they've started to come down with those over the last couple of weeks, and, and that was certainly a really big one. 
All right, obviously the biggest challenge that this Oklahoma defense is going to face this week, the same that every Oklahoma State opponent this week has uh, has had to face, and really nobody since McNeese State, which held Chuba Hubbard to 44 <laughs> yards and only one touchdown. McNeese uh, State, uh, the Cowboys, they, uh, is it the Cowboys yeah, too, they are, right? they are yeah. the Cowboys, that's right. Um, just, uh, they got a defense on them, uh, let me tell you. Slapped so. on. <laughs> so uh, what is going to be the key for Oklahoma State, and Abby, we'll start with you, to uh, slowing down Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba, as some people call him, apparently. Yes, yes. Last night he was referred to as Chuba, but um, I think just the key for Oklahoma to slowing him down is, you know, the uh, Oklahoma's had some struggles leaving big gaps open Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think really trying to close that in. And I mean, obviously, the easiest way to stop a running game is to not let them find holes. But I think that that has been something that OU has struggled with defensively, and so just trying to kind of like tightening things up in the front. Yeah, to to me, uh, so much of it depends on three guys or, or three positions. Mm-hmm. Um, that o- Oklahoma's going to rotate uh, probably relatively frequently at one of the spots, but Kenneth Murray uh, at the, the middle linebacker spot, uh, Neville Gallimore right there in the middle, and either Deshaun White or Caleb Kelly, who's at that other uh, inside spot, I think so much of uh, you know what could give Oklahoma problems is Chuba Hubbard running right up the middle. And if you're able to force him to take angles to the outside, then you can give your, your guys a little bit more time to get over there and bring him down. I think they're going to have to do that. When Oklahoma's defense is at its best, Kenneth Murray – and Neville Gallimore are being really disruptive, and I think that's what's missed from this defense in the past, certainly what was missing from last year's defense, and uh, they're going to have to do that on Saturday in order to uh, contain Chuba Chuba Hubbard. It's interesting, too, because if you go right now and Google Chuba Hubbard highlights uh, for 2019, you're going to see some of his most effective plays. His, His big plays come when he gets an opening in the middle of the field, in the middle yeah. of the line. And he he can split split the gap and, and get behind the linebackers in a couple of steps. And then it's uh, secondary guys trying to catch him from uh, from the outside and take an angle and uh, and usually not having much luck when he gets that, that sprinter kick going. So. Yeah, so you've got to get him before he gets at full speed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at... The, uh, the the secondary you've talked about uh, uh, some of the uh, some of the progress that guys have made back there. Uh, Oklahoma State sort of found a rhythm in the fourth quarter with Drew Brown at quarterback when they uh, went to a little bit up tempo. Um, they were they were taking some uh, some uh, some some quick throws. Uh, where do you see uh, that sort of uh, sort of playing out against against the Oklahoma defense? Well, first of all, I think that this Oklahoma secondary has kind of a chip on its shoulder from the last time that it was in Stillwater. You know, I mean, that was that be the 2017 game is the highest scoring bedlam ever, mm-hmm. and the secondary kind of just got run over and beat yeah. every which way. But you know, I think the quick throws. It, I think that you know now, and I could be wrong, but I think the quick throws are something Oklahoma is a little bit more willing to willing to live with than than these big deep throws that they'd been giving up in the few recent years. But I think that, you know, the secondary for this Oklahoma defense is really an area that 
wants to have a better performance than the last time it was in Stillwater because last time, for the most part, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I, I think uh, think certainly they want to limit the, the big throws down the field, but again, I think that that front seven plays so much a part of that. If they're able to, to get in the backfield and be disruptive, force Drew Brown to make quick decisions and not have time to sit back in the pocket, then uh, then you got to feel pretty good if you're, you're Oklahoma and you're Alex Grinch over there. So that'll be something really interesting to watch, how they attack everything outside of, of Chuba Hubbard. All right, and last thing, uh, sort of like I asked you with the offense, um, who is a guy from each of you that needs to have a big game for the Oklahoma defense to have a successful Saturday? I mean, I would definitely say – Kenneth Murray I mean for all the reasons that Ryan's been talking about him and I'm actually writing about him for um for Saturday's paper but he I mean when he is playing good he has I think the biggest impact on what this defense can do and what they can be and he's like last game he he can't he I feel like almost came out of nowhere and just made some gigantic tackles and so that's kind of the thing I feel like that OU's gonna need yeah, I, you know, I've talked about the the importance of Kenneth Murray and Neville Gallimore sitting here, so I'm going to give you a different guy, and that's Ronnie Perkins on the edge. Mm-hmm. He, at times, has been so disruptive there. Now, Jalen Redmond's doing a, a lot of the same stuff, too, uh, especially last week there at the end, uh, made some plays for them. But to me, Ronnie Perkins, I talked about the, the ports of the interior of that defensive line, the interior of that front seven, but uh, – if Perkins is able to get get back there, force uh, Drew Brown into some scrambles, force him into making some throws quicker than he would like, and potentially get back there quick enough to to disrupt Chuba Hubbard in that run game, then uh, then Oklahoma's going to be in pretty good shape, I think. All right. Well, uh, with that, we're going to uh, going to wrap this up. I do find it interesting that uh, uh, you know we're uh, Ryan. I, I I came to your house to record this. And uh, using your podcast kit, and you gave me the red microphone. For well, the, uh, technically, Abby gave yeah. you the, okay, the red Abby, microphone. Abby, yeah. I just, I've got the orange one, by the way. We have a, a red, <laughs> orange, and, and Abby just has the plain black. Yep, I, I just I just pass them out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, guys, both of you, for uh, for, for joining us here. And uh, I will come right back, and Jacob Unruh will uh, will join me for the final segment. Well, hold up, who's what, this Jacob what, guy? What, uh, <laughs> Jacob, uh, yeah, th- that's that's what the uh, the listeners of the Cowboy Chronicles know him as. You know him oh, by yeah. a different name. Oh yeah, I mean he's Virgil to me, right? Yeah. And he should be Virgil to everybody else. <laughs> I love uh, the nicknames. Uh, yes. So, uh, so, except you don't have one, which is insane to me. It's really odd. It's very it's very odd. I, I don't. Do know you why. feel left out? Uh, yes. Yes and no. There, there are times because because Barry has has tested out nicknames on me at, at times before, but nothing's ever stuck. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what the uh, what the theory is there, what that what that means, you know, what that what, how yeah, I should take I that if it's something that I need to, that. to. I got to my talk nickname to my like instantly. Yeah. So her nickname right. was quick. Of course, your nickname sort of obvious. Yeah. I feel like he had that one like in his Lined mind, and, and it, then when I like showed up in the office, he was like. Abbey Road, that's it. Yes. Yeah, mine took a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, once it's he, Barry started using it, it stuck quickly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just sort of used to answering to it by this point. <laughs> but right, you got to get a nickname, Scott. I listen. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm 
over 14 years in. I, if I don't have one by now, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see it coming at this point. So that's true, Scott. One of the few people who's been at the Oklahoma longer than I have at right. this point. Yeah, there's not many of us, uh, not many of us left. No, at the, not at all. Are, uh, dinosaurs like us. So <laughs> uh, again, thank you guys for joining me. And on the other side of uh, of this break, Virgil will join me for the final segment of the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined now by Jacob Unruh, uh, my beat partner on the Oklahoma State football beat. Uh, thanks I'm again. Back. You're back. You're back. The whole two segments you you were uh, you were uh, vastly missed uh, while uh, while I dealt with Ryan Aber and Abby Bittman. <laughs> well, Thank you. Thanks I, to I, them. I miss West Virginia too. You so did. That's I'm, right. You've I'm been, back. You've been gone for a while. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, thanks again to Ryan Aber and Abby Bitterman stepping in for a little bit of Bedlam talk. Um, one of the things that uh, that I did discuss with them. Now you missed out on some really good cheese fries talk. Oh, um, I, was, I almost asked Drew Brown about that tonight, but I didn't really want to start a cheese fry war. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, aside from the cheese fries discussion, uh, we did talk about Jalen Hurts and his uh, his heavy involvement in the Oklahoma offense. You wrote about that uh, earlier this week and what Mike Gundy had to say and and sort of his uh, his approach to the way that uh, that he was discussing it and how Oklahoma State is going to have to defend this guy. And I thought that Gundy's comments were really interesting. Yeah, I did too. Um, I think some OU fans took exception to it. Um and kind of took it as it was going to be motivation for C.D. Lamb and right, guys yeah. like that to go out there. And I don't Gundy wasn't slighting anybody on this. No, um, but he pointed out and he he did a lot of math and kudos to him for doing more research than I would have thought to have done. No, absolutely. Um, at two thirty in the morning, no less too. But uh, you know, threw out a bunch of numbers of these quarterbacks from OU that are run that ran the ball and their average numbers, you know, of carries per season. And then throughout Jalen Hurts' number, and it's way more than anyone else in one season. Yeah. And basically, he pointed out this is a triple option, and it's it's a triple option when the spread disguised in the spread, um, and it, it made a lot of sense really when you start thinking about it. Absolutely. Practically, that as much as Jalen touches the ball and runs the ball like that, I mean, he's running more than triple option quarterbacks are in college football. Yeah. And it's pretty incredible when you think about it um, that he does that. And is so effective at it because he does take a beating. Um, he keeps finding ways to move the ball. You know, he, he there is a lot of double fake handoffs and different things like that. He's got all these different options, and, and there's uh, there's a pass option on virtually every play. Yeah, so you know, there's it, it really is. It made a lot of sense, um, and I had never thought of that. And it really just kind of opened my eyes. Like, oh wow, this is this is spot on. Yeah. And the, the 28 carries that uh, the, the Jalen Hurts had last week was uh, was pretty mind blowing. Yes, um, more than more passes than he, than he threw passes. More yeah, than he threw passes. Yeah, exactly. And so that's really uh, really interesting uh, dynamic that it brings to this game because um, you do have it uh, have the you have the spread offense uh, to uh, to widen the field and and get DBs back and uh, out away from uh, from the ball. And then a quarterback who's ready to take off at any point, and it really does put a lot of pressure 
on your defense to uh, to win their battles, get off blocks, stay tight in coverage, especially if they're asked to be in man coverage, to uh, to stay tight and uh, and not let guys get open, uh, but then uh, but then not uh, you know not not leave a lot of big open running lanes as well. So it's a uh, it's it's a really unique challenge that this is going to present for the Oklahoma State defense, and I think in particular. The, uh, the the two linebackers I would say are maybe the uh, the most crucial point mm-hmm. of uh, of this and then and then maybe you throw in that Leo spot uh, although that's typically a, a pass rush guy yeah in uh, in most most situations but uh, Amon Ogbonga and Malcolm Rodriguez I think are uh, two critical players in this game oh yeah no doubt um, because as Gundy pointed out OU is really good about matching up numbers with their blockers mm-hmm. when they when they're running these kind of plays. It's going to be five on five, six on six, seven on seven, uh, as you go out there um, with Jalen. Kind of, you know, having, you know, you've got to get those blocks because you're going to be manned up. If you get off those blocks, you've got a chance to get Jalen. If not, that's where it leaves those big gains. And you know, Amon has been really good at that. Malcolm's been really good at that. OSU's defense has been really good at the top of the run lately. Um, what less than 100 yards? And then the numbers escape me right now. The last two games total, yeah, 65 60, total. Yeah, the last yeah. two games, um, and so you know they've done really well against the run, but they haven't had a challenge like this. Um, Skylar Thompson ran a little bit from Kansas State. Charlie Brewer can move a little bit. Um, Sam Ellinger, they did really well against Sam Ellinger. Yeah, maybe he's did. maybe he's the closest. Yeah, challenge to yeah, this. Maybe? Obviously, obviously different, but uh, but yeah, probably the most the most uh, um, the most physical runner and uh and and uh most willing runner you know brock purdy didn't even really try to run no he uh, really didn't but uh but iowa state that day so yeah it's uh, a very unique challenge and um you know on that side of the ball uh containing him and forcing turnovers i think are the two most important things for the the Oklahoma State defense, because we've obviously seen that uh, the when it comes to uh, to uh, ball security, it's not um, you know Jalen Hurts is not perfect. No, not at all. Um, some of those fumbles too are unnecessary. Yeah, I've you know the last couple of weeks. What did he have one on the goal line at one point? Right, he has, he's had a couple at the, couple the uh, right, right by the goal line. That one at Baylor, uh, just the, the ball just popped out, and then uh, and then last week um, the guy just just grabs on and pops it right out yeah and uh, just stole just it right from stole him, right? It right out yeah. of his hand like that uh, was a like crazy a loaf of bread play. yeah that was it was wild <laughs> uh, but but uh and osu's been good at force turnovers. they didn't really they didn't force any against west virginia no but um but they but made a lot up, of plays leading up to that game though what was it 10 in in three games before yeah. that so um and in crucial times crucial situations so that will be a, uh, a a huge turning point, I think, if they can get some turnovers, steal some possessions, uh, and get uh, get a, a few extra chances to uh, to go and do something. So very interesting stuff. Uh, it's got me very excited for this game, and um, you know a lot of reasons to be excited for this game. Yeah. So I have no idea what's going to happen. That's why I'm excited. Not a clue. Not a clue. Uh, we'll get into some more of it in our uh, our podcast that will uh, that will pop out later this week. We'll also, uh, go into the mailbag and answer some questions. Already got plenty of good ones in there waiting for us, so we appreciate that. We'll get to all of that stuff and more in our next episode of the Cowboy Chronicles podcast, which, as always, is presented by Zaxby's. 
satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads, stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.